0: Thank you to everyone who supports this show and all the shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Thank you this week goes out to John for becoming a new patron this week. John now can access a bunch of bonus content, including the Major Spoilers Podcast pre-show, where we talked about a bunch of other stuff, including our holiday plans, birthday gifts, what we're watching on television, all that kind of stuff. You, dear listener, can access that stuff just like John when you become a patron at patreon.com slash Spoilers. It is a general chat episode this week, and we've already general been chat. chatting, as I said in the uh, in the pre-show, about a bunch of other stuff. We're just rolling into this. Uh, we were just talking about Arcane, but um, and some of the stuff that's gone on Disney Plus. I was, I guess, I didn't realize that the Book of Boba Fett drops next week. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was next year that we were getting that thing. All of a sudden, I see a trailer and it's like December twenty fourth or whatever it is. I'm like, what? Seriously? Okay, it's coming for
1: you. Yeah, I guess he is. Year last year, I guess (laughs) so. Uh,
0: Yeah, that that's true, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. This year has blown by very quickly. Uh, You know, i I think Disney Plus does something right, except for the times that they don't. Which I know that sounds weird, but (laughs) they have been for the last, except for you know, there was about a month and a half. uh, I guess they ended up putting Shang Chi on. But there was about a month and a half in this last year where they didn't have something that rolled right into something else uh, to keep people uh, interested, engaged, mm-hmm. uh, at least from from my perspective, uh, where, you know, we're we're ending Hawkeye this week and then next week we're rolling right into Boba Fett. A lot of the other shows, it's been like a week and week, week and a half between or two weeks in between some of their big shows like Loki rolling into a Star Wars thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I, guess I was caught off guard by the book of Boba Fett. Are you guys, uh, down for watching this or are you, you don't care about old man Boba?
2: <laughs> um, I, I do. Uh, I think I'm more interested in Fennec, but the, the setup for book of Boba Fett, I think is one of the better parts coming out of the end of season two of Mandalorian I feel like, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, what is this building to? It doesn't feel like it's building something for Mando. And it turns out I was right. They're actually building something for Book of Boba Fett. So I want to see it. I want to see, you know, more ming I want to see what's going on on Tatooine. And I want to see, you know, hives of scum and villainy and such.
1: Um, I mostly don't care. Like, (laughs) um... I, I got into the Mandalorian. I guess there's the promise that maybe this will be as good, just in a different way. But if 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 you if somebody came to me and is like, "Hey, would you be interested?" Like, actually, this is this is exactly it. When they announced the Mandalorian and they started showing images, I was like, "Oh, please don't tell me they're gonna bring Boba back from the dead. Like, that would just be the worst." And then. It wasn't Boba Fett. It was a different Mandalorian. Um, and then they did bring Boba Fett back from the dead. And they did it in such a way that it made sense within the narrative. And it was interesting. Um, and I was like, okay. And then it's like, okay, well, now here's a show about Boba Fett. And I'm like, I I, I think that even though I I was, I was on board for the Boba Fett stuff in the Mandalorian. Now I've been deposited back into this place of, do you want to see a show about Boba Fett? And the answer is still kind of no. I can, I
0: can, I can dig that. I mean, I'm going to watch it um, just because I want to see what they do with this character that George Lucas killed, you know, in return of the Jedi and never realized that it was going to be as popular uh, of a, of a character and, for years desperately tried to figure out ways to bring him back. I mean, he kind of did that with, um, uh, do a lightsaber guy, Darth, uh, uh Darth, Darth, Maul, Maul, right? Darth Maul, Darth Maul was the same thing, right? It's like, Oh, I'm going to create this awesome villain, kill him off. And then everybody's like, Oh man, we really love Darth Maul. And then of course, Lucas brings him back, you know, minus his bottom half and, and builds him into this <laughs> whole, uh, controller of the red sun and all all of those things. So I kind of want to see how this works with, you know, old man, old man, Fett uh, coming back to Tatooine, trying to, you know, it, it feels like a mob movie that, and that's, that's the thing. If it's, if it's a mob mm-hmm. movie set in the star Wars universe, I could probably get behind that, uh, very, very easily. Just like, uh, Mandalorian was lone wolfing cub, a samurai, mm-hmm. uh, story right, set right. in or old Western set in the star Wars universe. I can get behind that kind of stuff. So I want to see star Wars stuff. Me personally, I want to see star Wars stuff that moves away from Skywalker lineage type stuff. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. I want to, I I, I want to see these little parts of star Wars are the parts that don't have any Jedi as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think so. so. I want to. Yeah. I want to see stuff that isn't all about, you know, the Jedi. And I feel like the Skywalker stuff isn't a problem necessarily, but it's really tied into a formula and I feel like we're kind of locked into, ooh, who's this person? They're awesome and they're cool. So, how are they related to Luke?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah or the you know the
0: wishing that they were related to Luke, or somehow that they're related right. to the Skywalker lineage. And it's kind of like, okay, we've told that story. Let's do something something different, right? So, yeah. We've told it like five times. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Dark Horse Comics is getting Star Wars back, Star Wars comics back, but announced today. I was, at first I was like, oh, this is an interesting story. And then I started to dig a little deeper. I'm like, holy crap, this is kind of a big deal. Dark Horse Comics uh, was sold to uh, a a group out of, uh, out of what is a Scandinavian group, uh, Embracer Group. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. That's what it is. Um, For something like, I want to say just under, it's like $98 million or something like that is what I want to say is the conversion rate. Uh, for this uh, in Swedish terms, it's like $900 million. Well, I shouldn't say that that's how much they were sold. That's how much they anticipate that Dark Horse, how much money Dark Horse will generate next year. They won't divulge the terms of the mm-hmm. actual sale amount, except mm-hmm. that they had to get a bunch of, they had to buy all this stock from some group in Hong Kong. And then, of course, 20% of the stock from Mike Richardson and the other co founder. Richardson, of course, is going to stick around and the other guys are going to stick around for a while. But then I was like, Mike Richardson's kind of getting up there in age. He's 71. So I'm imagining mm-hmm. he's doing this as maybe trying to, um, you know, trying to retire, looking to retire. But then you have to say, well, why did Dark Horse sell to this Embracer group? Cause I really didn't know anything about them until I started digging around. And maybe, you know them a little bit more, Rodrigo. Uh, but they're a gaming, uh, they do a g- gaming stuff out of, as you said, Sweden. Yeah. Uh, they are, let me see if I can find their, their stuff. Uh, some of the things you guys may be familiar with is their coffee stain holding, uh, Deca games, easy brain, gearbox, entertainment, Coke media, saber interactive, THQ Nordic. And the one that I left off because I think Dan talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the Munchkin land show just a month ago or no, uh, I guess earlier this month they bought bought Asmodee for like $3 Uh billion. And Asmodee is the um, board game group uh, that recently, uh, I want to say a couple of years ago, acquired Fantasy Flight games here in the United States. And so all of those games, the Arkham Horror, the Star Wars uh, game, uh, anything that Fantasy Flight does, anything that Asmodee does, is now part of Embracer Group. And now Embracer Group has acquired Dark Horse Comics and all of its IP. It -hmm. sounds like they're really, Rodrigo, going to double down on everything gaming with a dark horse property.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is something that I think to a certain degree they were missing. Um, they had studios and they had, and they did have, you know, other, other places that had decent IPs, but through dark horse, not only do they get access to the dark horse IPs, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the mask, uh, probably
0: um, the, well, but see, that's, yeah, probably the mask, uh, Hellboy. I don't know what the relationship but is there. Hellboy but... is
1: creator. Of, right. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? They get access to Dark Horse's IPs, but also because of Dark Horse's relationship with its creator own mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. probably get access to Hellboy, probably get access to Umbrella Academy, you know, uh, so on and so forth. And, and here's the thing. Um, Dark Horse has all these things in the works with all kinds of places. They have sci-fi channel stuff going on. They have stuff for Netflix. They have stuff for Amazon. Um, so now, uh, Embracer Group, uh, which is a, a great name for a you know super conglomerate, <laughs> uh, now kind of inherits those, right? Yep. Now, Embracer Group has stuff that it's doing with netflix with amazon with sony with warner um <clears throat> excuse me so yeah it just it has all of those uh now it all of a sudden has all of those relationships already automatically that allows it mm-hmm. to you know maybe uh put um you know tsu nordic games on amazon platforms in a, in an easier way You know, if, if Amazon gets their, uh, gaming platform where they want it to be, um, and you know, put, yeah, make, make THQ Nordic games out of Dark Horse properties, which then they can put on the places that Dark Horse already has uh, relationships with. It's, you know, pretty fantastic.
0: Could you imagine like a Hellboy arcade game, a really good video game, or even, I mean, there's already a Hellboy there's also a Hellboy um, board game that's already out by I forget what the group is uh, that did that one. It was a Kickstarter. That I really enjoy that. But you know, with their relationship with Hasbro Day now, maybe we start to get more Dark Horse yeah. games turned into board game properties. Um, well, Dark Horse I, I mean, games turn into board
1: games, and yeah. board games turn into on like video board games,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just knowing what Fantasy Flight has done with. The Arkham Horror line and the Star Wars line and the Legends of the Five Rings and Lord of the Rings with their uh trading card, well not trading card game, but their um with their card games. I could see them doing something like that with Hellboy very, very easily, and it would probably I mean, they could basically just wrap Arkham Horror They could wrap that with the Hellboy stuff, and it would be it would sell gangbusters. So I'm very excited yeah. about this. I mean, I I mean mm-hmm. I'm not super excited about giant conglomerates continuing to buy up every little guy,
1: right? Asterisk. This is terrible actually. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) But you know, as, as observers of the, of the thing, you start to see these paths open up, right. And see, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: see maybe what you're going to look, be looking at. Um, but, but it is a problem, right? Somebody was saying like, uh, like, um, West side story right. Uh, mm-hmm. they're like, why is it opening when it's opening? Why isn't it doing like a big, like Christmas release or whatever? And it's like, well, because it's now part of that family that wants to push Marvel movies and, uh, in you know, so it needs to clear it. Mm-hmm. It needs to clear that space. And it's like, anytime you have a conglomerate like that, like if things. Don't go great for Embracer group. You're going to see all of these properties decay. Um, You know, it's like big groups like this. Think often, think nothing of just like short selling one of their.
0: Oh, sure. um,
1: yep One of their entire branches, you know, just to cannibalize it for money. So it's like. This is something that could happen, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like Dark Horse Comics gets absorbed and Dark Horse Comics dies because they can't make it work the way that they want it to work. And so they just dissolve it and then that's it. It's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't think that's actually going to happen, but that's a possibility when you start getting into these huge conglomerates.
0: Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, dark horse is composed of multiple dark horse entertainment is composed of, uh, multiple things, dark horse media. They have dark horse comics. Of course, they also have dark horse direct, which is their merchandising stuff. And one of the things that I think has kind of helped, Dark Horse survive over the last uh, couple of years with with the downturn is the fact that they have some great gaming merchandise licensing with statues and um, action figures and art books based on games. This is a perfect outlet for um, for Embracer to take all of their gaming stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you know focus it through dark, dark Horse Media. They also have Dark Horse Entertainment, like you said, which does a lot of the TV stuff. So this gives them that access to take even more of their their gaming properties and turn them into potential TV shows with, as you said, Netflix, uh, et cetera. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just looking down at all of the game companies that they now own here. Uh, I, I guess I didn't realize that, um, um, uh, Zen studios, the maker of the virtual pinball game is now owned mm-hmm. by, uh, embracer group. Uh, and has since, I guess November of this year, or no- oh, I'm sorry, November of 2020, They've been on a buying spree. Holy crap. Uh, If you look down this list uh, on when they were acquired, everything, the earliest I see is a 2017 date, but most of the stuff is 2020, 2021. Holy
1: crap. Yeah. uh, Another big one that Embracer owns is Perfect World, right? Which Mm, mm -hmm. does uh, Neverwinter and Star Mm -hmm. Trek Online. Um, So, uh, yeah, they've got their fingers in the MMOs, and stuff. I feel like Embracer is doing now what like CC, CCP wanted to do, like in the two thousands by like acquiring like Vampire the Masquerade, oh, right? And right. Like mm-hmm. Trying to do like an MMO is like uh, THQ Nordic. You know, Embracer is kind of uh, doing it a little, like uh, doing it very aggressively, right? Um, so we'll see what what comes out of this.
0: Yeah, this is just it's. Yeah, so as, you, as we were just talking about, this could be one of those things where it's like, hey, guess what? We are buying all these things so that we can then sell them off piece by piece in groups and make our money back that way. But I mm-hmm. think they have some greater domination things going on as far as gaming and media in general. So this could be a, a pretty exciting time.
3: Who,
1: who put out Battle the Chasers? Was it Image?
2: Battle Chasers yeah. was an Image book, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, okay. I want to uh, say it was a wildstorm title. But,
2: yeah, I uh, want to say that too.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Because uh, um, yeah, it was like the last THQ Nordic game I played was that Battle Chasers Night War. Oh right. Um, and I was like, if it's if that was a Dark Horse property, it would be really amazing if they started talking over Battle Chasers. Um, but it's not. It's it's not a Dark Horse property.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I would say going forward, pay attention to who Dark Horse is acquiring and doing deals with, because that mm-hmm. may tell you what is coming down the line from Embracer Group. So uh, something to watch. I guess there was another bit Hopefully of news. But
2: they're they're not like a venture capital place looking to strip it for parts.
0: Well, that's what that's what I'm saying is is buy it up and then split it up into a bunch of different things. I mean, I don't get that feeling, but they're doing a lot of acquiring. So yeah. who knows? Um, here's some here's some good news for you, Matthew. Something I've Ooh. been talking about for a long time. Uh, DC Comics developing Legion of Superheroes TV show for HBO Max. Mm.
2: That sounds like something I'd be interested in.
0: Yeah, no. uh, So uh, here's where everything turns into a monkey's paw for Matthew. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for uh, this, Matthew? Are you ready I've for ste- your... I'm stealing I mean, myself. Legion Legion of Superheroes, hooray. Steven's been saying, oh, here's a property that DC needs to be developing. It's the Legion of Superheroes. This, this would be the perfect way to do stuff. Now, we've already had Legion of Superheroes as an animated series before. Uh, we're also getting Legion of Superheroes as an adult animated series, uh, kind of along the same lines as Young Justice, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, is how they're going to approach it. And certainly with a lot of the Legion of Superheroes drops appearing in this season of Young Justice... Uh, it makes sense that maybe they're looking to explore a spin-off of that. I'm totally fine with the animated series. I don't know how you feel about the animated series, Matthew.
2: Um I'm always cautiously optimistic about these things. I mean, Oh, I was, okay,
0: so there's the first the first Monkey's Finger has closed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All I right. I liked the four kids one. I mean, I felt like it was aimed at audiences a lot younger than me, but Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was it pretty was, okay. it definitely was. The so Superboy and the Legion one. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So now like, the second like, too monkey's too like. paw finger is going to close, leaving one upright finger sticking to the sky. Brian Michael Bendis is the creative oh! team. And, oh! and oh! it looks like they're going to be basing the series uh, based on what little uh, Brian Michael Bendis said today about it. Uh, it looks like it is going to be based on his Legion run.
2: But his Legion run is like a cocktail napkin covered with notes and sketches.
0: Yeah, so that's that's I mean, listen, I like Brian Michael Bendis. I love what he did with Ultimate Spider-Man. It was the reason why I'm a Spider-Man fan uh, today because of Ultimate Spider-Man. I like what he did there. I like what he did with Miles Morales and, and uh, bringing that into the world for us to share. Uh, I have liked other uh, Brian Michael Bendis stuff. I enjoyed what he was doing with Superman when he was on. Was it Superman or Action Comics? Whichever one of those Action Comics. Action. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I am, I'm fine with a lot of that stuff. I was not a fan of his Legion run. I I really wasn't. Um, I didn't like, and again, nothing against Ryan Sook, who's a fine artist. I didn't like their character designs. I didn't like that. We never really got to know who these characters were in the series. Yes. You never got into
2: anybody's head.
0: Yeah. So I am, he's part of the creative team. That doesn't mean he's the one that's going to be writing and directing everything. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I, I hope that if this moves forward, that they treat it with kind of this, you know, if they do it in the same way that they've done the young justice series, this could be really, really great. But it also concerns me just a little
2: bit. Yeah. The young justice series. And I have now been watching some and more of it. It it's taken, I think what I consider to be more iconic moments of the characters and sort of streamlined them. And a way very similar to the Marvel Cinematic Universe takes, you know, sure. if you look at, you know, like their red arrow, the stuff with Roy Harper, uh-huh. you're seeing basically the greatest hits of a 70 year run. Right. Popped out over those first two seasons. And then there's a weird time jump or something. But, um, uh, man, every I season, don't know.
0: every season is a time jump forward. Some, some number of years. Yep. Uh, the thing that they're doing with Garfield right now, beast boy is just like scary, like scary, yeah, sad, does, like, like scary
2: days. He just wants lasagna. He's no, different, 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 different Garfield. Guys, you guys see that
1: Garfield, the, the cat is a uh, Nick all-star, all-star brawl. Oh, that's, funny. <laughs> that's Apparently funny. he's like a really ferocious character. And I'm like, that, that seems uncharacteristic for such a lazy cat, but okay.
0: So, uh, circle back around to Brian Michael Bendis really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. you know where Brian Michael Bendis houses all of his, his works now? No. Over at Dark, Ho- Dark Horse Comics. <gasps> really? Yeah. He made that, that, that announcement came out like uh, six oh, months yeah, ago. Oh yeah, I remember. He's, his, he's powers back Powers and all of, all of his stuff. All of the stuff that is original Brian Jeez. Michael Bendis stuff is all over at Dark Horse Comics now. And in 2022, I guess, is when they're going to start doing all of the reprints if they haven't already of powers and those kinds of things. So, nice. yeah, so that might also give you an indication of what uh, what Embracer might be wanting to do going forward. They're
2: wanting to buy
0: Brian Michael Bendis. I don't him. think that they want to buy Brian Michael Bendis and sell him. But if you're wondering, oh, could we get a Jinx series? Maybe. Uh, are we going to get a uh, are we going to get a power series? I think we already tried that and uh, we saw how that turned out. Mm-mm.
2: Um, well, do you think that, I mean, do you th- that wasn't necessarily full on. That was, that was. No, it was full on. I don't know that they had the budget to do what they wanted to do. I well, don't know. so, yes.
0: <laughs> so, here's the thing. And this is one of the reasons why I'm, uh, uh, for a long time, I've been sitting around going, why doesn't Sony have their own streaming service? Disney has its own streaming service. You know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, you got Disney, you've got Warner brothers, you've got, you know, everybody has their own streaming service paramount, but Sony doesn't. And then I was like, Oh wait, they do. It's called, the, uh, it's called the PlayStation plus network or whatever it is. And that's where the powers. Yeah. The, where the powers went. And I wonder if Sony was maybe just too ahead of the game at the time to say, Hey, we're launching our own streaming service and we're bringing this power series to this, uh, to this PlayStation service. And then it just totally bombed. And the reason why it bombed is because they didn't put all the money behind, uh, you know, that they could have. I mean, Disney with Disney plus, and even with Warner brothers and the stuff that they're doing, they're putting a lot of money, even Apple with their Apple original series. They're putting a lot of money behind these projects to get people on board. And it just feels like Sony was like, I guess maybe we'll try this. We'll throw a little bit of money for this powers thing and hope that we can get people come in. And then they wonder why it didn't it didn't succeed. And if that's the reason why they haven't then stepped up to come up with another, you know, streaming service beyond stars.
1: I mean, honestly, I'm consistently surprised that Paramount plus is still around. Yeah. Um, yeah, Me too. Not, not because they're doing anything wrong just because there kind of isn't room for like four big streams, right? It's like, um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, it's like if you're there for a while, if you wanted to watch community, you had to go to Yahoo screens.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, did anybody do that? Uh, a, a big part of it is that, you know, like Powers, you know, when you think about it, it's like if they took the gamble on Powers, you can see why uh, companies are so invested in putting stuff behind properties that have already proved successful, right? And it's like, yes, lots of people know what powers are, but not that many lots of people, right? It's like powers is not that recognizable. But you have to think
0: about when Sony did that with powers, I mean, there was no Invincible animated series. Uh, People knew about the Justice League and knew about uh, the Avengers, but I mean, there was not, you know, Disney did take a big gamble, I think, with what they're doing with the the Hawkeye and the Lokis and the Black Widows and all that stuff on 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 the Disney Plus service, I think that Warner Brothers is doing the same thing with some of their original programming that they're doing. Uh, I think when we look at Netflix and see what Netflix is doing with M- Miller World, uh, you know those are those are some some big deal things. And I think honestly, sure. I honestly believe that Sony was ahead of the streaming game. I mean, they were behind Netflix. Netflix was the eight hundred pound gorilla, and to an extent, I think it still is. Maybe Disney has surpassed them, but, um, you know, they had basically Netflix to contend with Amazon prime, which, you know, had king in the high castle, uh, kind of stuff. Um, but you know, they were on par with everybody else who was stepping up at the time. Uh, but then they just didn't have, I think enough original programming and enough of a push to do it. And so they fell behind and we look and saw what happened to uh, Amazon prime is still around. It's doing fine, but of course it's got Bezos bucks behind that. Hulu's owned by Disney. Now Apple's been doing its own original stuff, but they're kind of late to the game. Quite honestly, uh, HBO max is that way. So I think Sony tested the waters and it,
1: you know, it's, and it didn't it's, work. It's and funny. so they've pulled back. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say like, Apple seems to be the one that's lagging behind as far as content. And then, I you know, what I was going to say is like, but they have uh, this built in thing because
3: mm-hmm. people
1: are already watching stuff through Apple devices. So it's just yeah. one click to get on Apple Plus. And then I was like, oh, wait, Sony had that, too. Yep. Right. It's like lots of people
0: at a PlayStation uh, a PlayStation
1: is, is or was their main um, their main like content hub, right? Like you just turn on the TV, turn on the PlayStation and either watch TV or play games or watch YouTube videos or whatever.
0: Yeah. Now see the problem is I think Sony was in a perfect position a year ago to really come back with the PlayStation Mm -hmm. network and try to really pack it with original content, pack it with original programming. And I have a feeling that this month would have solidified them as a big player in the streaming community because what does Sony own? They own a little thing called Spider-Man: No Way Home, and guess what? They could have done. They could have dropped that streaming, and had everybody paying for that uh, through their PlayStation Network. And I mean, there's in no way kind of there's box. no way
1: that Disney would have let them do that.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they own it. I mean, this is a, the Spider-Man: No Way Home is a cooperation with Disney, but it is it is most definitely a Sony Pictures project.
1: I mean, it Marvel is Marvel There's no way that Disney lets them do so, that, right? It's like well, it, but see, this I know is where it gets it doesn't say that in the contracts, and I know. No, but here's
0: where it gets complicated. Netflix has, and I don't know for which which properties, but they have now purchased the rights to any Sony movie uh, for like first run stuff. Uh, of mm-hmm. their big stuff. Now, I don't know if that includes Spider-Man. Of course, anytime you get Disney involved in this, and certainly with the Black Widow debacle, that certainly put a lot of things, uh, into a different perspective about, you know, releasing directly to streaming at the same time in theaters. But I think Sony would have been in a position enough to say, Hey, we want to be able to stream this on our streaming service, uh, 20 days after, you know, or 50 days after or whatever that it hits theaters, or we want to put it on our streaming service at the same time. And I think a lot of people would have flocked to that. Now, of course, Disney can do whatever they want, but I, I think ultimately, um, this is, this was Sony's game to win and they, they lost, they really lost. And
1: I, and I really at least, think at least they're, 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 uh, licking their wounds in the corner right now. I think, yeah, because, you know, people like if they can finally get a PlayStation five into everybody's house. they're going to be set up again to maybe do this so
0: (laughs) yeah i i don't know what i don't know what's i mean certainly it's uh it's all of the sorry hold on all the kids are yelling and fighting upstairs uh certainly all of the supply chain stuff and the chip manufacturing stuff is is a big deal um but yeah i've been trying to get one of those now for two years and i still can't get one yeah and the And the earliest that I could get one is, or the cheapest I can get one right now is a thousand dollars. So, so there you go. I, I, you know, I don't know what the solution is for Sony, but it seems like they, they are falling further and further behind in the new technology game. Um, Hey, if you are part of our discord server, we certainly want you to be part of our discord server going forward into 2022. There's a link in the show notes. Go check us out. There's so many different channels over there in the major spoilers discord where you can hang out and chat with some awesome people. We have a uh, area called the reading corner where people can go in and talk about uh, books that they've read or or book recommendations. Uh, I just recently, I think it was last week I posted my complete list of all of the books that I read in 2021. And uh, I'm very excited about what's coming up in 2022. I'm already starting to get my, my books in line for the next year. I've still trying to finish up one book that, uh, it's an interesting story but man it drags and uh oh. it's like it's like 44 chapters and every chapter is like an hour and a half so it's like 40 it feels like it's 40 plus hours of mm. of book reading. Uh so it's been a it's been rough trying to get through that. I've been trying to read through that since the 1st of November and it's now the end of December. I've got like 10 more chapters to go. I should be able to finish oh. it up before the end of the year. So yeah, it's it's rough. I kind of feel like the ending of it will be like when I read um what's the oil movie or the oil uh, book uh, by uh,
1: there will be blood.
0: Yeah. The one that's based, the book is based on that. Uh, I read that. and I was just like hated every minute of it once Mm -hmm. I got to the end. So, Uh, so yeah, so right now I'm, I'm planning my 2022 reading list. And if you guys want to make some recommendations, I'm looking for some time travel books. I'm looking for some superhero related books. Uh, Head over to our discord server, pop in there and uh, put your recommendations down and maybe I'll read it in 2022. What do you guys, uh, Matthew, do you have any plans for 2022? Are you making plans for the next year?
2: I'm not a planner per se. Um, I mean, I mean, there are things that I definitely want to do in 2022. I need a new vehicle in 2022 because I haven't had a car for three years. Um, and I feel like, uh, the, the child is, is graduating high school and will be going away to college. So, you know, I'm crying and rocking, uh, a lot on that on the inside, but, uh, as far as pop culture stuff goes, what I would really like to do in 2022 is I would like to have just like a solid base of things that I'm going to watch and the things that aren't those things that I'm just like, eh, I could maybe take it or leave it. I'll just ignore. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that uh, because I don't know if you know this, guys. I work for this website, Mm Majorspoilers.com, where we like look at movies and things. And I'm just like, I understand that I'm not going to be able to do that. But I also feel like, you know, Justice League, for instance. I was following Justice League and then I stopped caring. And I feel like I haven't read Justice League now in like six years. And when I try mm, to pick up an mm-hmm. issue, I'm like, oh, well, I have to go back seven, 10 issues. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm going to wait mm-hmm. for the fable jumping on point and I'm going to take it from there. So maybe that's it. Maybe I'm going to deal with pop culture in more of a, give me something awesome, please. Yeah. Show me what way. you got.
0: And, I'm going to be right. very choosy. Yeah. If it's, if I don't, it's think, there's, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Attention. I really do not think that there's anything wrong with that. In fact, that's kind of been something that we've been talking about on and off for the last year or so at major spoilers is there's so much good stuff out there that we can kind of Mm, be picky and choosy on what we want to watch. We don't have to watch it just because it's out. So that's probably a good idea. What about you, Rodrigo? Do you have some plans for 2022?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd like to, uh, continue streaming. I've started streaming on Twitch. Um, so I'd like to basically keep playing video games in public and maybe grow that a little bit more. What I started doing is basically I'll stream for a couple hours on Twitch. Then I'll take some of the highlights and I'll cut them up and I'll put them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so shameless plug, you can go to twitch.tv slash El Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> like Pikachu, but but bigger and macho-ier. Um, or you can go to our very succinctly named YouTube channel, uh, Lopez Family Variety Channel, uh, and find uh, the the clips there. Um, but yeah, I just kind of you know that's I, uh, I I'm I'm sure uh, a lot of our uh, listeners are familiar with this. I uh, suffer from uh, chronic migraines, so doing stuff can be difficult. So I kind of figured out a workflow that I can do most of the time without taxing myself too much. Literally, my computer is like a step away from my bed. Um, so I can, you know, just sit here and stream or sit here and edit. And even if I'm not feeling at 100% and I'm not killing myself with the editing. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm fully embracing the like YouTube aesthetic right i'm not hiding like i'm not hiding my cuts and stuff like that like i like i was taught, oh yeah like, I, like I, mean, I yeah like i paid don't don't 40 even try billion dollars to, to to have somebody to to yell do, at yeah. me yeah
0: yeah don't uh, don't even try with uh with youtube videos everybody expects a jump cut
1: yeah yeah so everybody yeah everybody expects a jump cut everybody everybody knows that you're cutting around so it's not a big deal right so yeah yeah it's that thing it like makes the videos easier and faster to do um so i'm just doing that and partially it's just an exercise and like what what can i do within the bounds of like some of the problems i have right Um, but also it's a way to continue to create content uh, instead of me just kind of sitting on ideas, um, right. and being like, well, when I have the energy to like write another book, I guess I'll do this. Like, this is a way to get some more, uh, mm-hmm. some more stuff out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We had a really good year at major spoilers in 2021. In fact, um, normally for our gold VIP members over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, every month we sit down and I will fill everyone in on what's been going on behind the scenes at major spoilers, give you tracks on, on what we need to do projects that are in the works, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, In December every year, we do that for free. So if you go over to the major spoilers uh, channel, major spoilers, video on YouTube, you can watch my end of the year uh, report there and talks about some of the things that are coming out next year Uh, for the major spoilers podcast. Specifically, there's some big changes on the horizon uh, for the major spoilers uh, podcast coming out next year. We're going to hit episode 1000 uh, next year. Mm Uh, for sure. We're going to do that. Uh, I've been looking at some of the titles we're going to do. Uh, there was recently, uh, humanoids announced that, um, Taika Watiti was doing the Incal uh, adaptation. And so we'll oh. be looking at that throughout, uh, 2022. Uh, we also have some more, uh, manga stuff, uh, that we're going to look at. Of course, we're going to go back and revisit my hero academia. We're finally getting around to one punch man. Uh, we've got demon slayer because apparently there is a, uh, live action adaptation of that happening in 2022 or 2023. So we've got that. We've got Marvel comics. We've got DC comics. We've got some team-ups coming up with Marvel and DC in uh, 2022. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're also going to be looking at a lot of stuff from uh, other publishers. Uh, you know, the Onis, the the smaller publishers, the Onis, the Dynamites, the IDWs, the Booms, those are coming up. Um, we'll be revisiting Atomic Robo next year. Uh, What else do I have here on the list? Oh, yes. We're also going to be looking at a bunch of what some people call the best what-if comic book uh, Mm -hmm. tales to come out Mm -hmm. of Marvel Comics. And I had a question for you guys. Do you guys Mm -hmm. have a... I'm not saying something that's already been published Mm -hmm. uh, by Marvel, and I'm sure that they've pretty much already published everything. But uh, give me a good what-if
2: pitch, Matthew. What if Iron Man worked in plastic so he did the same things right but all of it instead of being like armored metal stuff was tessellated plastic where Mm. you punch him and instead of like the plastic man yeah he'd be plastic man but Mm. it wouldn't be like weird stretchy plastic man because it's like you know
0: we'll call him pvc i think if you're going to do that for today i think you should be what if Uh, Iron Man, but with carbon fiber. That way he can be light. Mm. It's still sturdy and indestructible carbon fiber.
2: 3d printing man.
0: Yeah, there you go. Rodrigo. What's what's a good, uh, what if pitch, uh, for you?
1: Uh, I guess I would do like, what if, what if Iron Man had died in that cave? Right. Mm -hmm. And then, basically the whole thing is is that it for the purposes of it is like some of the materials are like you know like slightly magic and so iron man's like a ghost that lives in the arc reactor mm. so it'll be a story of like you know basically they're like hey we found this armor let's give it to like technically it belongs to stark's company so let's get it on Rody, and like roadie has it on and it's like stark starts talking to, to him through the machine you know, so it would be kind of like a kind of like spooky story, but also give you like a good, you know, if you're looking at the, at it through Haunt, the MCU yeah. lens, uh, haunted, it would,
0: haunted ta- tank meets ghost in the shell.
1: Yeah. Simultaneously. I, I mean, and, and I was thinking of the haunted tank.
2: I was like, how can I do haunted tank, uh,
1: right. as a, as a Marvel superhero story? But yeah, basically.
2: Yeah. Wasn't is there ghost in is the it? machine too obvious a title for that? That's what I would have called uh, it ghost in the machine, but it's yeah, I don't, refers uh, to something I mean, else. Yeah
1: that's perfectly fine that you the only thing you run into problems with is that there is just almost certainly already an iron man story called ghost in the machine. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Wasn't there, wasn't there a what if that, what if Tony Stark j- died, but what was the scientist name? Jensen? What if he,
2: Oh, if he carried on iron the man? tech
0: and he became iron man.
2: I don't remember that one. I remember one where, um, Jensen died and iron man was actually captured and brainwashed by um, Imperial China
3: or mm. Will that be China? one of
2: the
0: stories we read next year? You're just going to have to tune mm-hmm. in and find out. I was going to tell you guys, I had this crazy dream the other night. Uh, Rodrigo, you were talking <laughs> about streaming. You were talking about streaming just a minute ago, and I'm going to get back into streaming some more uh, in 2022 as well. Finally, Friday comes back January 7th, everybody. But uh, one of the games I'm, I'm starting to gear back to start playing is Star Citizen, which is this massive online space simulation uh, game, and I've been watching so many of the. Here's the things you need to know. Here's how you do this kind of stuff. I had this dream where I was trying to talk everyone who plays Critical Hit into uh, learning to play Star Citizen, so that and one of the things that you can do because some of these ships that you fly around are so massive, you actually have crew positions. Like somebody's a pilot, somebody's a gunner, somebody's the miner, somebody does this particular job. That I was trying to get you guys to all learn it, so we could get one of these big ships. And go out on these big missions and then stream that as our, as our critical hit game. Um, so it's a little bit of drifters, but with, with star citizen, uh, as the, as the backdrop for that. So I had that crazy dream. Yeah. Also I had this weird thing that happened the other night. I don't know if this happens to you guys, Mm. but, uh, sometimes you're sleeping and then all of a sudden you hear a voice talking to you. And I don't mean like Rodrigo, this is the voice of your regret. Uh, because uh, I'm sure you hear that all the time. Um, constantly. yeah, no, but like, uh, the other night, uh, I am not going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. I've talked about all the reasons for that, but my oldest son went to go see it with his friends. He's in high school now. He went to the really late show of that. So, um, he wasn't going to get home until after one o'clock in the morning. I was dead tired. So I went ahead and we all went to bed. And so all of a sudden, uh, I wake up because I thought I heard my son Standing over me going, hey, dad, you know, like just to kind of let me know in his deep voice when he tries to be like, hey, I'm a grown up with deep voice. He does this deep voice thing. "Hey, Dad," <laughs> And uh, I heard that and I just woke up because I thought he was in the bedroom and I looked around and he's not there. And I look at the clock and it's like one thirty and I'm like, crap, is is he not home yet? Was he in here telling me that he was home? And um, and I was like, oh, my God, what if he what if he passed away? And it was his ghost alerting me. And so sure. you know, I quickly I grab I grab the phone and I'm, I'm getting ready to do find, find my, my friends, uh, thing to see where he's at. And then I noticed that at one 15, 15 minutes before, um, the security cameras had gone off and I was like, oh, okay, let's see if this was him coming home. And sure enough, literally 15 minutes before, uh, he had come home. He never came into the bedroom to let us know, but multiple times I've heard my kids wake me up in the middle of the night with, Hey dad, or Hey mom, or Hey, you know, something that's distinctly their voices but they are dead asleep in another room have you guys ever had that happen to you where it's Uh, somebody that you know somebody that's in the house uh i I know rodrigo it's just you and your wife but um you know like where maybe you hear one of the dogs barking or something uh you know and you're waking up going oh is the dog barked it sounded just like
1: uh, i mean yes i i think I, I think really that's probably more a sign of anxiety than something necessarily supernatural going on. It's like, if you're expecting that, or if you're thinking about that, um, like I, I I think I talked about it on the pre-show a little bit, like, uh, you know, our, my dog is kind of old. Yeah. He's got a bad back. So sometimes when he's lying down and he stands up, he cries and he cries out like really sharply. Right. He's like, "Ah!" right, right, right. Um and it's it's like super scary it sucks to have that happen like when you're having like a meeting cuz somebody's like oh my god somebody's killing a dog <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah and it it does suck for him it's very sad because you know dogs are tough so clearly he must be in a lot of pain to cry out like that right but we're medicating him we're try we're we're he's we we're on the phone with the vet all the time it's all good but yeah i've had things where i'm asleep and i hear him cry and i wake up and i like I go over and he's dead asleep. Right. And there would be no way that he'd be right. Exactly. He would like crying, yeah. cry, yeah. be upset and just immediately fall back asleep, like flop down. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Nope. I, I, that was my, that was like an anxiety dream that I just had where I heard him cry out.
0: Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just a really weird thing. Cause it's like, maybe I'm having that star citizen dream and then all of a sudden would had, and I just wake up and go, uh, Oh, who's in the room. Um, it's, it's really weird. And I'm not saying it's some supernatural thing, but Matthew, if you have that with all the people in your house,
2: uh, I, I do well, and I have an additional wrinkle in that my wife talks in her sleep.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that's a little bit different,
2: right? You know, sometimes you'll be asleep and then you'll just hear this voice going up green beards. They've all got them. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Uh, and at one point she was talking and talking and talking, she was having a conversation with somebody. And you know, I kind of you know tapped her to let let her know she's having a conversation, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay, honey. Don't cry. Go back to sleep." And then she <laughs> continues with the conversation. And I, I tapped again, and she's like, "No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, it's not okay. Stop talking." But yeah, I, uh... I've, I've had that happen, and it's it's weird because I will have like just snippets of of dialogue from things that i've heard or like television shows or movies and you'll be sitting there you're like half asleep and then it's like it's literally happening right there you can clearly hear it you wake up uh, immediately and i also had at one point um boston's album third stage had just come out and i was playing it uh while half asleep at like five in the morning trying to wake up to go to work one point and I was half asleep. And this song just turned into this wild, weird thing. And I kept yeah, yeah. hearing the song I like and I kept happens. hearing the song, tell me to wake up. And finally, you know, my grandmother just smacked me on the head to get me to actually wake up. But it was like, wow.
0: Yeah. Sometimes where the outside filters into your dreams, like if I, uh, yeah. I've got a couch here in the yeah. office and, mm-hmm. uh, some ta- some afternoons, I'm just like, man, I'm just so so tired let me just lay down for like an hour take a quick nap before i have to go get something else done and i'll have pl- podcasts playing and like all of a sudden scott uh, johnson and brian Ibbett are in my dream and they're saying stuff that i know is coming from the podcast that is currently playing even though i can't hear it so some of that stuff's weird sometimes it's supernatural uh last week or yeah i think it was last week on the show i reviewed that uh, firefly holiday special and totally kind of slagged it because i was tired of everybody doing a christmas Carol. Uh, mm-hmm. for their holiday stuff, but right, right. you know, there is a, a long tradition of telling, um, scary stories during the winter time. And today is uh, December 21st. Um, you know, it is the first day of winter it is the, the mid season, mid, uh, the mid part the of, of Sol- the solstice. Uh, and this apparently is a time when a lot of people tell, uh, scary stories, you know, it's the longest night of the year, uh, going forward. Now, every day gets a little bit longer by a couple of minutes, uh, but I wonder, do you guys have any scary stories, like a ghost story, preferably something that has happened to you in real life that you, that you can share with our dear listeners. And, and if you need a moment to think I've got one that I can share, but, um, but it's gotta be, it's uh, yeah, gotta go be true. It. It's gotta be true.
1: It is true. Okay. Yeah. I got, uh, I got one, I think.
0: Okay. <laughs> you got one. Okay. I got one. Go for it, Matthew. Okay. okay.
2: It was the year 1999. You don't have to tell it in a scary way. You can just tell it. No, I do. You said <laughs> be scary. Okay. So it was the year 1999. Now, this is an important bit of backing information. Uh, back in the early 19th century, uh, a man from Topeka founded what was called the Menninger Foundation, uh, which was a clinic in a sanatorium. And the sanatorium uh, was in the north end of Topeka, and bits and pieces of it, you know, Fell out of usage and eventually what was part of the campus of the Menninger Foundation was purchased uh, by the television station for which I worked. So I moved to Topeka in 1998 and started working overnights uh, for the local CBS affiliate in a building that clearly used to be a hospital. Uh, every one of the little rooms you'd walk into and you'd be like, I can see where this was a room or you can see where three ward rooms had been, you know, hollowed out to make our engineering area. Mm -hmm. The engineering bay was just enormous. And when you would sit, you would sit at my chair. So you'd have screens in front of you, what you were playing, what you were preparing to play. You'd have the little computer screen of everything that you were going to do. And then behind me was a sliding glass door and a long, long room. And at the back of that were just racks and racks and panels of transmitters and, you know, equipment to run the thing. And so it's the middle of the night. um, And all the time when you work nights um, at the station... The night engineer, a man named Bill, would come in. And Bill would be like, hey, how's it going? And, you know, he'd tell you stories about how he crushed his thumb once with a hammer. And I was sitting there. And every once in a while, you would always see Bill out behind the racks, moving things around or, re, you know, recabling things up. So I kept seeing Bill back there, about 20, 30 feet behind me, walking around behind the racks. I saw his feet clearly. I heard footsteps. I heard footsteps on the tile floor. Bill was back there. I know this to be true. Except at 1 a.m. After about two hours of this, Bill showed up and said, hey, sorry, I'm late. And I'm like, oh, okay, you weren't here. Who was back there? And he's like, nobody. There's literally nobody in the station but you because it's like a Sunday night. And I'm like, oh, and so I, I asked one of the other overnight guys, I said to Fast Eddie the next day, I'm like, hey, um, last night somebody was back there. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know who she is, but if you listen real close, she whistles. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, yeah, that's the ghost. And I'm like, OK, you're, you're clearly messing with me. And he, you know, he's like, no, it's the ghost, and completely nonplussed by the whole thing. That's just the ghost to Eddie, and so I'm like, okay, they're messing with me. The next weekend, I came in and I was sitting there in the middle of the night, and I know nobody's here, made sure nobody's here. You can't get in but the one door, so you know Bill would have to come by me, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking about how they're trying to mess with me, and then I heard the whistling, and from that point forward, after. Eddie pointed out to me that the ghost whistles, I literally heard whistling nearly every single shift in this haunted building that used to be a medical facility in a sanatorium in, you know, a time when medical facilities and sanatoriums were probably places where people just died and disappeared. And, you know, working nights was never quite the same after that.
3: Ooh,
0: scary. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I was probably 10 I think it was about 10, uh, and, uh, my mom, for whatever reason, we went to go on a vacation to go visit my cousin who lived in, uh, Georgia, my, my, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle. And, um, so we flew down there. It was the first time I was ever on a plane. Everything was great. And then one night, uh, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, and then two friends of my aunts and uncles, uh, decided that they wanted to go do something for, for the night, you know, go see a movie or show or drink or whatever that, that adults do in the 19, uh, 1980. Um, and so we were going to, my cousin and I were going to go and stay at, uh, this other couple's house. And they had a couple of older, um, boys and a girl that was, that was our age that, uh, they would just babysit and do everything. And so it's nighttime. Uh, and so I'm in the kitchen with my cousin and, um, this other girl and we're sitting there. I think we're eating a sandwich or we're drinking a soda or something and we're talking and the girl is like, yeah, our house is, is haunted. You know, I, I, I think there's a ghost that haunts our house. And I was like, what? And it's like, yeah, sometimes just for no reason, something will move in the house. And it's, it, it's usually, uh, around this, you know, this time of night, and so I usually don't like to be in the kitchen at this time, because this is where we mostly notice this stuff. And uh, I'm sitting there going, okay. And then all of a sudden she's like, Uh, oh, did you see that? And we all turn and look over onto the, the kitchen counter. And you know, those pepper grinders, those big wooden pepper grinders, mm-hmm. it like moves like three inches to the left. And I yeah. just oh. freak the heck out and I go running out of the kitchen and, and down the hallway, just screaming out of my uh, top of my lungs. So uh, the counter on which this pepper shaker and other things were like, was like an Island. Right. And so everybody comes running out saying, Oh no, 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 it's, it's fine. It's just, it's the older brothers. They were like, Oh no, it's just us. We were, we snuck in and we were hiding behind the counter and we moved the pepper shaker. Now, I know what I saw. And if someone is going to move something to the left, you have to have a finger or a pair of fingers moving something to the left and right. It's not, you know, if it was right. moving forward, it would be very easy to hide a hand or a finger that just pushes something forward to you. But this thing definitely moved several inches to the side and there were no fingers or hands there. And, uh, I think that they were playing it off as a joke to get me to calm down because I was, maybe less than 10, but I was totally freaked out and would not have anything to do with the rest of that house for the next four hours until everybody came home and everybody could, uh, all the kids kept playing it off. Even my cousin, she was like, Oh no, I think it was a joke. I think I didn't, I didn't see anybody move it, but I, I, if they're saying it's a joke, I think it was a joke, you know, just trying to, to, uh, to play it off, but it may have been a joke. It may have actually been a ghost. So, uh, that's, that's my scary story. I will not ever forget that. It was a, a scary, scary moment. Now, Rodrigo, what do you have? It's probably not as scary as Matthew's, but that is my scary story. <laughs> Rodrigo, you're going to wrap us up this week with your scary story.
1: Yeah, my uh, scary story happened uh, relatively, relatively recently, um, but it was back when I was still living in Kansas. Um, so, like, not when I was a child, but, you know, as an adult. Uh, living in a little town called Russell, Kansas, a very weird little town,
2: very haunted
1: town, very haunted town, honestly, um,
2: yeah. UFO, so, productions so, and everything.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my general theory about why, uh, ghosts are extra spooky in the United States is because people don't socialize ghosts. It's like, mm. if you, if you're, Live in Mexico, you know, as you grow up and eventually live your life and eventually die, that at least once a year you get to like come home and party. Mm-hmm. Right. And that everybody's gonna like put out a picture of you and say nice things about you. Um, so you have an incentive as a ghost to not be a jerk. But in the US, there really isn't an incentive to not be a jerk. I'm not saying that there aren't bad spooky ghosts in Mexico. Those are kind of the worst, but you can't, it's hard to socialize ghosts in the US. So um, I, uh, the, the town of Russell, Kansas is not very big. Um, so I used to just go for walks and traverse a lot of the town. Um, like, uh, uh, in an hour, I could definitely go from one end of the town to the other. Um, and if I wanted to hit all four corners, it didn't take very long. Right. Um, and, um, when i first moved there i would see this old man who was also out on walks i never talked to him um but you know kind of like moving moving with a little bit of difficulty but out on his walk kind of like moving his uh moving his arms and stuff um you know just very stiff like you know some arth- arthritis going on or whatever it's like and i'd never thought anything of it um so eventually Uh, One night, I'm out walking, and it's a dark night, right? There are streetlights, but in these towns, streetlights aren't evenly distributed, right? It's like somebody passes a a thing on a committee, and a streetlight gets put somewhere. So there are big patches of darkness in Russell. Um, So I'm walking around one day, and, um, and I see just off in the distance, the silhouette of this old man. And he's kind of, you know, doing his little stiff jog towards me. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, there he goes. Cool. So I, I keep walking. Um, I walk and walk, you know, significantly faster than that person get to another part of town, look back and I see him again. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, I, it's weird, you know, and I'm like, Totally 100% like, oh, he must have found a shortcut. Um, so just through conversation, the next day, I'm talking to this lady who is like everyone's grandma, right? She knows everyone in town. Uh, she knows everyone in Russell, Lucas, and Lorraine. basically. Like, that's where her <laughs> family is. So she literally knows everyone. Um, the, the only person that she wouldn't know, because I'm a, I'm a hermit would have been me and I work with her. So now she officially knows everyone. Right. <laughs> um, so I, we just come up and it's like, yeah, I saw this guy jogging and he's la- she says, um, oh, I remember him. His name, let's say his name is bill. Um, just to, to protect the innocent. Um, I was like, yeah, he was always out doing that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He was always out doing that. I saw him and she's like, no, he died. Um, And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, yeah, and it was kind of a thing. And I'm like, what do you mean it was kind of a thing? They're like, yeah, he's Catholic, but his, so additional uh, reasons why Russell is weird and additional Russell facts. um, And Matthew, having, you lived in Russell, right? So you already know Mm -hmm. where this is going. Um, The cemetery, there's actually two cemeteries in Russell and the big cemetery is divided um, and has like a literal wall. One side is the Catholic side and the other one is a Pro- Protestant side. And for some reason he was Catholic, but his family had to bury him in the Protestant side. Um, and this lady was like, Oh, she she's like, well, you know, he would have been pissed because he, <sighs> he was one of those guys. And I'm like, I'm just like, I just like have that, like, anime moment where i turn around and like i'm not facing her anymore i just have my back to her and i'm like oh my god old bill's just walking around <laughs> being super pissed that they buried him in the wrong cemetery <laughs> oh.
0: oh my god that's oh, funny yeah, and so this guy's uh, been you'd seen this guy so many times so, so this is like so the same I, guy I that you'd probably, seen in multiple instances
1: i i'm i i i was i was very freaked out by this but i did a little bit of research and i'm almost certain that the first few times I saw him when I first moved into town, that he was alive. Like, he died oh, okay. during my time there. Mm. Um, but, but definitely that last time I saw him, because I never saw him again, but also I, I stopped taking late walks around Russell. For um, usually reasons. Yeah, for, for yeah, that and like the alien abductions. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I know... I know that there's ghosts here. I know that there might be aliens. I know that uh there's like werewolves out in Cloud County. So I'm mm-hmm. just gonna stay in.
2: There you go. The alien invasion.
0: Were- yeah, I am. We'll get into that a different time. That's what we'll do that in the fourth of July uh when we talk about strange things in the sky. Uh, that wraps it up for this week's installment of the major spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think, how about next week? We, uh, we all sit and watch the new matrix movie since it's going to be streaming on the HBO max. I think we can all do that uh, over the holiday. Hey, when, when does it so? come out? Friday. Days. It comes out this weekend.
2: Yeah. I've got a three day weekend.
0: All right. We'll, we'll talk about the M- matrix next week on the major spoilers podcast. Uh, it's not comic book related, but, you know, we know that you love comics. We do, too. We also like The Matrix, and we'll talk with you soon.
3: Fat I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. What do think about a better way? If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Dark Raven race like a man of iron might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all, all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in the fun Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah major spoiler wow 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 what a major spoiler this podcast is copyright 2021 by major spoilers entertainment llc